Welcome to Smith Weekly Discussions, an occasional program for our readers and listeners of Smith Weekly Research. Please note this program is a private discussion and everything contained herein is for entertainment and educational purposes only. With that, we hope you're in a comfortable position, along with your favorite beverage, to enjoy the discussion. We remind our audience to examine the show notes attached to each of our shows to better understand how our program functions. Before we get into our discussion, we want to say thanks for questions coming from our audience at Smith Weekly, including Paul M., Brent S., and Cindy W. Returning to the show today is Cal Everett, President, CEO, and Director of Liberty Gold. The company is focused on advancing the Gold Strike Utah and Black Pine Idaho projects in the Great Basin, United States. The company is listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange under the symbol LGD and also on the US OTC markets under the symbol LGDTF. Cal, welcome back to the show. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, Cal, update us on the gold market. We've got Q3 2019 earnings flowing in, and uh, this 1,500 gold is, is starting to help the bottom line of a number of sound businesses and not so much some others. What are you seeing on the downside and the upside from here, and when do you see more capital flowing into the space? First, I'll, I'll cover it from different segments because I give presentations on this. I think the sales process of Newmont Barrick, Angle Gold, Ashanti, and a few other companies. I think the market's top-heavy with short mine life past producer mines right now. And I think that's going to curtail the M&A transactions like we saw this year as the big ones. I think you're going to see very little M&A coming in in the next few years. I just don't see it happening because the assets that are for sale are what big companies don't want anymore. And the people who need to replace cash flow they're taking on environmental liabilities. So I don't see an M&A market going forward, number one. I still see debt reduction happening, and you can see that in several earnings reports this week, how um, companies like New Gold or someone else has, has taken some of their uh, free cash flow and they're still paying down their debt. And that's really to repair the mistakes they made at peak gold in 2011, when gold, I think, $1,890 an ounce. You're starting to see the good companies raise their dividends. Barrick just raised their dividend. Agnico Eagle raised their dividend. So they're starting to finally give capital back to the shareholders. Companies like uh, SSR Mining are sitting with over $500 million U.S. in cash and absolutely no debt. And they're getting an, a, 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 an appropriately high increase of price. Over, I think it's 1.35 of price over, uh, over NAV on that one. So the good companies are looking great, and the marginal companies who have made mistakes are still continue to tread water and are to be avoided. I'm not really seeing a big difference in all-in sustaining costs because right now Angle Gold Ashanti is trying to sell their South African assets and two other assets. If the South African assets go, they lose 12% of their production, but their all-in sustaining costs will go from about $1,115 an ounce down to $935 in the, the range where Barrick or Newmont Gold Corp are, and that's going to make that a good company. So they're cleaning up their assets, but I don't see a long list of buyers willing to, to pay really high prices for these assets. If anything, this massive trend towards asset sales is slowing the market down completely. And that's why I think you're going to see less M&A and more people just trying to look into other people's closets to see if there's anything worth buying. Okay, Cal. And, and how do you see gold price? Gold price? Well, it's going to go up basically for several reasons, uh, but I don't like gold prices that go straight up through the roof. One, 
production's falling. The average grade over the last six, seven years has fallen from a producing gold mine in the world from two grams down to about a gram and a half. And that means these companies have been high grading and taking out as much gold as they can to solve their balance sheet problems. Number two, the average mine life of a producing gold mine that produces over 75,000 ounces of gold a year, and there's only 147 of them, is gone from 15.7 years in 2012 and now sits at 11 years of mine life. And because the permitting time frame has gone up, like eight to 10 years to get a new mine into production, there's going to be a massive shortage of long life mines out there. And we're not seeing hardly any new discoveries at all. And if you can make a discovery in the, in the right geopolitical jurisdiction, you can see yourself, uh, those companies will go into play quickly. Well, classic uh, undercapitalization and, and it puts up some nice conditions for us. But, but there's more to it as well because you're seeing central bank buying. In the U.S. election, if Elizabeth Warren runs uh, for the Democratic Party, I think the mass of the markets will correct significantly in the United States, and that will be the turning point where gold goes straight up through $1,600 and the U.S. dollar goes down. And there's even more on top of that with geopolitical risk rising around the world. You're seeing countries like Chile have social unrest with regards to mining. Ecuador has gone the same way. It's difficult in Argentina. Parts of Peru are no-go zones now. And you, there was even more unrest uh, today at, at a mine, I won't mention the company's name in Africa, which, um, which was a, a news release that came out this morning. So all of this stuff factors in to the gold price going higher. Yes, absolutely. And it's a sad state of affairs. I am looking forward to it. Uh, well, I want to move on here. So most of our audience knows about Liberty Gold and about you based on our past discussion. So let's update. So you did a $16 million uh, raise recently back in August, uh, Canadian. Where are we on shares outstanding, uh, key holders on the roster, and where is capital being allocated? On, on an undiluted basis, there's 237 million shares outstanding. On a fully diluted basis, it's just under 290 million shares outstanding. The financing was done with five gold funds, four American gold funds and one U.S. gold fund. And insiders in the company, we purchased $1.2 million of that $15.7 million raise. So we increased our management position in the company again up to 6.8% of the company. The key shareholders in the company are VanEck uh, in New York and with their warrants that they, they hold. Uh, they would have just around 19% of the company. The RCF fund out of um, Denver, they, with their warrants, would have around 12% of the company. And then there's 15 other pure gold funds that now own Liberty Gold. And this is all on the backs of the uh, Black Pine uh, discovery that was made um, in um, April, May this year. That's elevated the market cap of the company by uh, from $65 million to around $200 million Canadian. Right. Let's let's get into the drill results since September. Uh, Cal, can you break these down for us and give the audience a synopsis of what can be expected arising out of these results? Yeah, I can give you some rough numbers. We bought the Black Pine project in 2016 for 800,000 US, 300,000 shares of Liberty Gold, and we gave the vendor a 0.5% NSR on the property for 100% of the project. When we got the project, it came with a database of 560 drill holes. But also in that database, after we purchased the property, the vendor actually had all the missing data for Black Pine. And then once we had that data, we knew we, we'd effectively found something that was, could be substantial. And we 
had to come up with a model of how to drill it. So in that database was 1,874 historical drill holes, all the blast hole results, soil samples, geophysics, geological mapping, all the way back to 1964. So we put a multi-geologist team on it, and it took two and a half years of data compilation, digitizing everything, uh, reconstructing the mine to what it was before uh, for a Carlin-style sediment-hosted oxide gold system. And it worked out that we had a 12 square kilometer area that had oxide gold, but it historically had been mined by a previous operator from 1992 to 1997 as five little pits where they pulled out an aggregate of 660,000 ounces. So after we had mapped it and figured it out, it became clear that those five pits over a roughly a four and a half, five square kilometer area were actually the same gold zone. They were identical. It's just had to be figured out structurally. And we came up with a geological model based on the database that the previous operator had not drilled deep enough. We had one drill sitting on black pine. We tested our model, and our model was proven in the first five or six holes. And effectively, the golds come up through basement rocks, and as soon as it hits a reactive or receptive calcareous siltstone and silty limestone unit that's 300 meters thick, not where it was drilled to, down to, um, to 92 meters, that underneath of the old mining pits was the high-grade zone, and that's what we drilled, and that's what we confirmed. So far, we've released 69 holes of results. Yesterday, we released over 60 meters of uh, over 3 grams of oxide gold sitting on that lower contact zone. We have a database of the top 500 unmined holes out of the now 1,941 holes in the project. And as we release these holes on, the, on these news releases, we're kicking unmined intercepts down the list. So if I just go look at the top 20 intercepts that are, leave, are unmined on the property, 13 of those were drilled by us in the first 16 holes. And they're averaging, for the 13 holes out of 20, 52.6 meters at 2.27 grams oxide gold. The next 30 holes, from 21 to 30, to, to 50, sorry, we've got a third of those, and they average 38.6 meters at 1.95 grams. So we're not seeing much of a difference in terms of grade. It was just the thickness of, the, of the, the main gold zone. And sitting above these zones are above cutoff thicknesses, uh, multiple zones that are going to be heap leached anyhow, because that's what the previous operator mined. So the success rate of hitting on this high-grade gold is actually quite staggering. And if you go look at the stats of what the average grade of a run-of-mine heap leach operation is in the United States of America, they're averaging around 0.4 to 0.5 grams. That's the resource grade. The grades we're getting are two to eight times what's being mined in the United States. And that gets reflected directly back to the market cap of the company, and that goes, tells you why there's so many institutional holders in it. And we now know that the entire system covers 12 square kilometers. We've got oxide from surface down to as deep as 1,000 feet in, in multiple zones. It not all is going to be above cutoff grade. It just doesn't work that way. What's interesting is all the pits on that mountain, which and these, the mineralization follows the slope of the, of the mountain, all those pits are dry. There's no water in them. And when we get down to 1,000 feet, there's no water in those drill holes. And you don't want water in these open pit mines. You just don't want it. It's, it's, a, it's a handling issue. So there's no water where we don't want it. But any groundwater that might come off that property is going to go into the dry part of the Great Salt Lake. So there's no fish, salmon, 
endangered species or anything that would ever be affected by the groundwater. This, the hillside's already scarred from previous mining, and there was a forest fire there around 20 years ago, and there's no timber values, and there's power right to the front gate. So it's in a perfect location in a mining-friendly state. All, all the boxes are being ticked here. And all we're doing now is we're sitting in the first square kilometer, a 12 square kilometer target. We thought it was going to take 90 drill holes to drill that off to an, an inferred category, but we just keep, the zone just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. By the end of this year, we should hopefully will have 40% of the first square kilometer drilled off. When we hit these high grade holes, we're building ounces fast because if you're dealing with a two gram hole, you're dealing with a $100 a ton rock. And if it costs you $10 to strip, and process each ton of that rock, inclusive of moving waste, and you get a 75% recovery, you're dealing with $65 a ton roughly, if you're just making up round numbers of profit around those tons. And the tonnage looks like it's going to get significantly larger than what we're looking at now. Well, that's all good stuff, Cal, and appreciate the overview. And uh, it certainly is uh, coming together quite nicely. What is the total goal for management looking for in terms of scale before moving on to economic studies? We think it could be a tier one discovery, which are rare, basically just due to the scale and volume of rock. Because in the first square kilometers, it's not all going to be, it's not all going to be ore. Just, just don't look at it that way. In the first square kilometers, we volumed it off at potential for 200 million tons of rock that could host gold. Right now, uh, maybe on average 50% of each hole looks like it could be above cutoff, so you can take a guess at what's there. Management's opinion is to get the metallurgy out by hopefully the end of Q1, early Q2. And once we go through a subset of over a gram of high grade, or it should be over two and a half, two and a half times what's being mined now, we wanted to see a minimum of a million ounces of, of that in the first square kilometer. And we've internally said we just keep track of where we, we think we're sitting on ounces. We'll do a resource estimate when we go through 2 million ounces. And that could be done in the first square kilometer before we start moving outwards. Very well. And have you heard from Mark O'Day? And uh, what about Moira Smith? What, is, uh, what do they have to say about your progress? Well, Moira is in charge of the geological team who made this uh, the Black Pine discovery. So she she gets all the credit, and I talk to Moira every day, and she's certainly not sad because we're in a grade range now that's equivalent in the same range of Long Canyon, which the same group Mark and Moira and her group found, and that was sold to Newmont for 2.3 billion Canadian in 2011, and it looks like they're in the early stages of another kind of clone to the to a Long Canyon type grade and and potential resource. And that was sold in, at peak gold prices for, um, I think it worked out, it was 2.2 million ounces of gold at the time, and it's since grown to 6 million ounces. And so Moore is happy, and Mark is consistent. He always seems to find a way to have be associated with world-class discoveries. He's a smart man. No, sounds good, and, and it sounds like they want more, so that sounds excellent and uh, good good work so far. Okay, so moving on, uh, just for the sake of time, I know you've got limited time here. Um, you shorted me on time today, Cal. Uh, gold strike. How about how about the price action in gold related to gold strike? Is there a reason to advance this, get this moving as well? Well, gold strike's got an average grade of 0.48 grams, and it's got 75 million tons, which would give you, in our PEA, which we put out last year, a seven and a half year mine life to produce 95,000 ounces of gold a year at sub $800 US, all in sustaining costs. 
and we haven't added into the resource the last two years of drilling because we our attention's been deflected into black pine. At $1,500 gold, the after-tax IRR rises from 1,300 to 15, um, from 29.4% to 41.4% on the after-tax IRR. The after-tax NPV is now 210 million US. So it's clearly a nice economic deposit, <clears throat> but it's unique towards other deposits because it leaches so well that you can get 78% of your recoverable gold on a standard run of mine heap leach within eight days. So it'll pour cash flow fast. The payback of 113 million CapEx is now 1.8 years, all because of the gold price, down from 2.3 years. So we're, as it stands now, it's gonna sit there and we'll continue to do some work on it. But because uh, the numbers coming out of Black Pine and the scale of that discovery is driving the market cap of the company and increasing shareholder value, we have to stick with our knitting and just keep most of the focus on Black Pine. It's interesting because you have low capital cost profile, room for expansion, you've got good recoveries, less than two year payback as it stands now. Definitive studies to me makes makes sense to get this all going simultaneous in my view. But Cal, let's move on to, uh, you know, there's there's a few players in the basin some smaller companies have delineated deposits over the years while nobody on the mid-tier or major side has pulled the acquisition trigger, specifically towards Nevada. What are you seeing for interest regarding projects in Utah and Idaho versus Nevada? I don't really, I'm, I can't differentiate between one or another, quite frankly, because um, Utah was dismissed for quite a while and now the companies are moving in there and exploring the big companies and the small companies. Barrick Newmont joint venture, Newmont is now pushed outwards into the fringe and they own 5.77% of Liberty Gold. There seems to be more interest right now in Idaho over Utah from what I can see. Nevada's is always going to have interest, but I mean that 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 state is is well owned by all the seniors and controlled by the seniors. And we're not really seeing um, very many new discoveries other than the one, I think it's Four Mile or something like that, that was the super high-grade one that was just announced by Barrick in September at the Denver Gold Show. Liberty talks to anybody and, and everybody in the Great Basin who's, a, who's a, a significant producer based on Black Pine and, and also on Gold Strike. And, but I won't comment on where we are with those companies. And yeah, there's just no oxide left in pretty much in Nevada. They're all mining sulfide for the most part, other than uh, around Mountain or Marigold, and there's a few other big systems. So the oxide pretty much has been mined out, and now people are looking for oxide in Utah and uh, and Idaho as well. And briefly move to Kinsley real quick. Is this really on the back burner now, Cal? Given what's going on at Black Pine and of course uh, finalizing Gold Strike. Yeah, it's on the it's on the back burner. We're drilling it right now because we have to drill four or five holes in it every year, which we're doing right. as we as we speak. It'll go on the back burner because the other two uh, main deposits are clearly at this point superior in terms Agreed. of uh, value to the shareholders. So, when do you anticipate receiving the 14 million U.S. dollar first payment on the Halley Laja asset sale? Um, well, the, the agreement's signed. Um, I can't comment on, on dates, but as it stands now, we, we're just waiting for standard government approvals. And so when that comes in, then you'll you'll see hopefully a news release from, from Liberty Gold. But do you see this falling in with, with the current capital you do have? Do you see this falling in line to where the next capital received is not a financing? Yeah, as, as it's, I, I'd rather not have to finance Liberty again. Okay. So 
if and whenever that money comes in from Turkey, that's fine. But there's also $24 million uh, Canadian in the money warrants that have to come in Correct. Uh, over the next year and a half. And that money's coming in now. I think we'll probably end this calendar year with 10 million US, but I've got, there's other things that are, that I won't discuss and that excludes Turkey. Okay. So I don't think we're going to need money. Right. Hopefully that first payment comes in, I would hope within the next six to eight months at the latest. And obviously with all this going on and potential further asset sales, I mean, that, that to me looks like a down payment on something, maybe some construction, maybe some more delineation of deposit size, but, uh, I want to move yeah. over to TV Tower Turkey assets. Are buyers yeah. on the hook? Uh, does Tech want the project? What is the status, and can you give us a realistic sales range? Is it 10 to 15 million? What do we got? I'm not going to get the process accelerated until the Halilak closes, and I can't comment on what Tech's thinking because it's their business. But Liberty controls 60% of that project, and there's six deposits on that. And we've got, uh, I think, 28 million US spent on that property over the years. It's got significant value and uh, Liberty, we're not looking for less for our share of that than less than 10 million US for our share in that project. Okay, and uh, the warrants, you said, are, are, there, are some of the warrants coming in now? Yeah, some are coming in now, yeah, a year and a half early. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. Well, that sounds good there. Well, so Cal, the stock price has been moving thanks to efforts by management and the people on the ground. In fact, you're outperforming and close to passing up some peer companies I can think of. Are shares overheated here or is this just the start? When you run one of these companies and you get a big discovery, management have to, like I, I'm just directing where the company's going. Mara Smith directs the science with the, with, the other, with the other geologists in her team. So I don't meddle in that. So while she's delivering numbers, I'm pretty much travel and market the company for half the year. So I leave next Saturday for um, a 21-day jaunt through meeting institutions and public speaking through Zurich, Geneva, London, New York, Toronto, and I come back on the 28th of November. So while they're uh, producing the numbers, I'm in front of their, our shareholders and potential new shareholders. And if you don't have both working in sync, if we just sit in our offices in Vancouver and do nothing and just put out news releases and don't get on a telephone, share price is not going to get its full value in a market. The company's split in two. The management who, who go out and do our thing and negotiate transactions or asset sales, and the geologists do their work by finding uh, more gold. That's why the market cap's moving higher. And it's working well. Potential investors who are on the sidelines listening, what would you say to them at this stage and at current price levels? Why should they look at Liberty Gold now after this run-up? Just look at the deliverables. You look at the gold price, that's one thing. If you think it's going up or you think it's flat or whatever, then if, if you think it's flat, these stocks like Liberty, we're all going to trade horizontal. You'll get news release after news release after news release because we're staying in the high-grade gold system and we're sticking in it. I'm not concerned about results, but they come out on a consistent basis. When you get into 2020, you're looking at metallurgy and a drill program that we're trying to figure out if we can scale from the two drills up to four drills and double the amount of information that's gonna go. And that means we're growing ounces faster and we're moving the market cap of the company, hopefully, hopefully significantly higher. Because right now, based on the assets in the company, there's a lot of deposits and a lot of, uh, there's, there's several deposits, a lot of money that's gonna come in with no dilution as well. It's about giving them the market news. If we're going to sit there with one drill and drill for one month and drill 20 holes, why would you own a stock that doesn't give you news? 
And because the tenor of the drill results that are coming out of Black Pine are at a multiple of what's being mined, that's why there's so much interest in the company. All right, Cal. Well, I think that sums it up pretty well. Well, thanks for taking the time to update us, and we look forward to having you back again soon. Absolutely. Anytime.